Friends, today's reading from St. Paul's letter to Philemon brings up a contemporary issue that touches at the heart of who we are as Americans and as human beings. And that is the issue of slavery. Those who are not familiar with Christianity or church history often like to point out that for 18 centuries since the time of our Lord's passion, death, and resurrection, slavery, which is a condition in which one human being is owned by another, was tolerated and often sanctioned by Christians and even the so many so-called Christian countries. If I might just say something about this assumption, how the church responded, its actions or lack thereof is pretty spotty. There were many wicked men who did wicked deeds. Some did them in the name of Christ and some even used sacred scriptures as justification. But, but, the church's teachings about slavery is not spotty. It is spotless, if I might argue. St. Paul wrote to Philemon in today's second reading. And he wrote to him about a man by the name of Onesimus. And Onesimus was a slave that was owned by Philemon. Onesimus ran away and converted to Christianity. St. Paul now writes to Philemon to ask him to accept Onesimus not as a slave, but as a brother in Christ. And so as we can see in this early Christian account from sacred scriptures, that from the time of St. Paul to the present time, the church has never sanctioned or approved slavery. In fact, if we read further into the history of the church, one will learn how the church has sent missionaries to help free the slaves and would often use their own lives to buy their freedom. Read about the Mercedarian order in, in Africa or the Jesuits in South America. You might remember several years ago, there was a movie called The Mission that portrayed the work of the Jesuits in South America. The church has even canonized the saints, both slaves and those who saved them. Read about St. Martin de Porres, St. Josephine Baquita, or the Venerable Pierre Toussaint. The church, though, like St. Paul, is not the emperor, even a local king. It did not have the political power to make slavery illegal. But it did have the spiritual power to make it possible for the souls and consciences of Christians to rethink the morality of slavery, as St. Paul did in his, in his letter and communications to Philemon. The church has always worked from inside out, not from inside in. And the church has always preferred, especially in these kinds of social issues, to work through an appeal to human conscience and free choice. Okay, so that's a little bit of a background in apologetics about racial slavery. I now want to apply that concept of slavery and the message that St. Paul teaches us to a more contemporary topic. As inexcusable as the fact 
that it took 18 centuries, 18 centuries for the seed that Christ and St. Paul planted to flower into laws that would abolish slavery, it is even more inexcusable that there's still so much slavery in the world today as there ever was. And the slavery I'm talking about is not about race, but about sex. Human trafficking, which includes sex, slavery, and prostitution, is one of the largest and richest businesses in the world. According to a recent research conducted by the New Mexico State University, globally, the porn industry is worth $97 billion, billion dollars, and 10 to 12 billion of that comes from the United States. What is pornography? What's so dangerous about it? Well, pornography, first of all, is a byproduct of human trafficking. It is a form of slavery that dehumanizes men and women and exploits children. And if I may, these are children. These are kids. They're not minors. They're children. Let's not euphemize it. According to the Internet Watch Foundation, men, women, and children are regularly groomed, deceived, or extorted into producing images and videos of themselves, which is then uploaded and sold into pornographic website. That process is an example of human trafficking. A report released by the U.S. Department of State in 2019 has revealed widespread fraudulent recruitment and coercive techniques that is used by many so-called agencies to produce vague and illegal contracts that often led to the manipulation of individuals. And so, it is inexcusable, just like the slavery of the past centuries, that our consciences have lagged behind for so long collectively against this form of human slavery. This is a pro-life issue that we don't often talk about. People think that if they hide behind a screen, a magazine, or their cell phone, somehow they are exempt from participating in human abuse and human trafficking. I know that there are even those who think that it doesn't harm anyone. It's harmless if it's kept private and personal. Not so. Because when people choose to view porn, they are empowering those who distribute and sell them. They are participating and creating a market that perpetuates an injustice. Is a slave dealer less guilty than those who caught slaves? Were those who bought slaves more virtuous than those who sold them? And you know, let's not even mention the psychological, the emotional, and the spiritual drain and crises that comes with repeated viewing of pornography for the individual using it. As a priest for 16 years, I've personally seen it destroy lives marriages, relationships, careers. 
I've even seen brother priests and brother deacons be removed from ministry. And those who did illegal actions were put in jail. Dehumanizing and treating people as objects for our own pleasure and satisfaction can never be justified. Never. But there is something every single one of us can do right now individually to end all support of slavery in all our lives and all its forms, in rejecting anything that reduces the human person to a subhuman thing to use, an object to be bought, disposed, and sold. And that is, that is for us to choose to follow and live out the most unpopular teaching of the Catholic Church today, to go against worldly wokeness and instead choose to follow God's wisdom. And it translates to this, the defense of human life and human nature, the defense of human sexuality, including womanhood and, bro- and, and motherhood, and of the intrinsic value of every human person as an end to be served rather than as a thing to be used. Yes, we as a society may have made some progress in racial slavery, and and some would even beg to differ, but that's a debate for another day. But the point is we have dangerously regressed significantly into sex slavery and other forms of slavery. All of us and all people of goodwill, even those who are not religious or don't follow a religious tradition, should make it their objective to strive to build a society that truly respects human dignity. It begins with us. It begins with our attitudes, our behaviors, and our habits. We can also work and promote healing for those who are victims of abuse and exploitation by working to eliminate those very structures that perpetuate abuse and exploitation of human beings. Now, some will argue that porn is free speech. I disagree. Why? Because free speech isn't free when it is, it is at the cost of the exploitation of human beings, especially children. We need to be united against this evil and resist it with all our might until there is a new Emancipation Proclamation. May St. Paul pray for us as he prayed for Philemon to end our different forms of slaveries.